If God is good and he's all powerful, then why does evil exist? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian DeBozik, the managing editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. So today we have an easy one, Aaron. Absolutely. This is one of my favorites. This is. This is, a, this is one of those head-scratcher ones. Um, but we are going to dive in, and uh, we are not going to solve this one, of course. We're not going to give a, a nice... Uh, answer to this with a bow on it because there, this is a tension in scripture. Sure. But my hope is that through our discussion today that we will help whoever's listening kind of stand on some big idea truths that we can hold on to and, and give us clarity with this issue. So as always, let's get started by why don't you read for us uh, this doctrine as it's written in the 99 Essential Doctrines. Sure, absolutely. So for for clarity, this is our definition of the problem of evil. Many atheists have argued that if God is all-powerful, all-loving, and knows everything, then evil would not exist in the world as humans know it today. But because evil exists in the world, God must not exist, or if he does exist, he's not good or all-powerful. Despite its powerful rhetoric, appealing to evil as an argument against God fails. First, because outrage over bad things in this world presupposes a good moral standard that does not exist apart from God. And second, because God could have a good reason, although unknown to us, for allowing evil and suffering to continue for a season. Given what we know about God's character and purposes, Christians can rest assured that even in the midst of evil, God is working all things for our good. That's a mouthful. Yeah. So I would encourage if you are listening to this, and and you are because you just heard me say that, but I would encourage you um, to get a hold of this 99 Essential Doctrine and read it. This is one that, you know, we're going to talk through it here in a minute, uh, but it is is layered in there. There's some logical arguments, both explaining the problem of evil. Yeah. Um, what what critics and skeptics would, would suppose. Um, and then the response to it. it it's kind of complex. I think times like this, someone may be easier for somebody to read, yes. um, to digest it. So I would encourage you, if you kind of got lost with Aaron reading that, get a hold of it, read it, um, take your time, read through it. And I th- it, it'll make sense when you do that. Just hearing it is, is difficult. So summarize this, though, because it, it gets into the, the problem, but then it kind of explains why that arguments made, then it explains the the, the response. Yes. So, so sim- simplify it to the problem itself. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, ultimately the problem of the problem of evil is really an attempt to explain this tension between there being a good God who is um, in control of all things in the world. Um, they are Christian term for that is he's sovereign. Mm-hmm. So he rules over everything. And yet there's still evil in this world, which is directly opposed to his plans and purposes. So how can they coexist? How can a, a right. God who's good and in control of everything have evil existing under his control? Exactly. And and this is an interesting one because really um, on the surface, this is, this is almost more of a philosophical question than it is a doctrinal question. Um, and yet the reason that we've called it an essential doctrine is not because we're playing fast and loose with the question of what is a doctrine and what is not. I mean, a doctrine is, is true. It's truth. Mm -hmm. It's, 
Um, it is a hard and fast teaching of the Christian faith um, in our context. But what this, the reason that we've included this is because is specifically because it does address this essential truth about God. Exactly. In, on multiple fronts. Yeah. And, and again, keeping in mind, defining doctrine with a very broad brush, just like theology mm -hmm. it's beliefs it's right beliefs about god right and so there's a belief about god at stake here an important one because again the argument the argument against the bible here is that god is either not good or he's not all powerful right and so both of those of course we know are important doctrines what we believe about yeah. god so let's let's look at this in scripture and again we we can't go to chapter and verse to uh, to deal with this issue itself, right? Instead, what we have to do is, I think, look at three different ideas that are 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 pregnant in this doctrine. Yes, of the problem of evil that God is good, that He's all powerful, and that evil is not from Him. Yes. So so let's look at a couple of verses to support each of those three big ideas. And again, if we show from scripture how each of those three ideas are true, then that speaks to this doctrine overall. Mm -hmm. So the first one, God is good, I, I think of two verses right away, and there are many, uh, but Psalm 107.1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And in Luke 18.19, I think is really powerful. This is in the encounter with the rich young ruler who mm -hmm. came to Jesus and called him good teacher. And Jesus responded, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. Mm -hmm. And so there we have this, this even more important distinction. The first one, Psalm 107, you can say, well, God is good among other good things. Jesus is saying, no, there's God is good in a unique way. And mm -hmm. that's the, the doctrine level that we need to keep in mind. Yeah. That he is right. Everything he does is good. Yes. That's, that's in his nature. Right. And along with that, what it also says is that he def ultimately that he defines what yes. is good because he is good because he's the creator yep. of all things. Which is part he sets of that. Yeah, which is part of the response and in, in the essential doctrine yeah. you read, one of the responses to refute this I, this problem of evil that is, is is supposed by by unbelievers is that the fact that you recognize evil proves that there's good. Yeah. And it proves that God is good. He's the standard. So that's part of the the, the logic yeah, the argument. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, so how about God is all powerful? Yeah. Well, there's a there's a few places um, <laughs> that that this shows up. I mean, it's all over the place in in scripture, but just a couple of them. One is uh, Jeremiah thirty two seventeen, where we read, "Oh, oh Lord God, for you yourself made the heavens and the earth by your great." power and your outstretched arm nothing is too difficult for you that that is such a critical truth yeah. here um, and this idea of nothing is too difficult for God um, shows up again in the New Testament in in a couple of places um, you you shared um, Luke 18:19 in uh, with the encounter between the rich young ruler and Jesus well in Mark's gospel account of that, instance um, we see Jesus use that language again and we see it again in Luke 137 as well um, where we're taught where we're talking about really the the birth of Jesus yeah, and Mary's yeah trying to figure yeah, out how this gonna happen how am I gonna have a baby when I'm unmarried and that's impossible it's impossible well with all with God all things are possible and so there is and so Jesus uses that in the context of 
um, how can how can someone be saved? And he says, with man, it's impossible. With yeah. human beings on our own, under our own strength, no matter how how closely we attempt to follow God's law, we are always going to fall short. Therefore, it is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. So all of salvation depends on God ultimately. Yeah. So God is good. Mm-hmm. God is all powerful, which carries with it this idea of sovereignty. He is the creator. He can do anything. He has the right to do anything. Yes. And the third big idea is, is that evil is not from him. Now this, you, you could retreat to what we just talked about, that he yeah. is good. And by definition, therefore, there's no evil in him. But there are some passages that speak to this even a little bit more directly, yep. uh, such as Psalm 5.4. Uh, we read, For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil cannot dwell with you. So evil is not sourced in God. He is not, it is not part of God. So mm-hmm. um, you know, you think of the creation. Uh, every day of creation, we have that refrain, God, what God created is good. Yes. Good creates good. Good cannot beget evil. So... Again, we look at, at passages like this. We look at the broader brushstrokes of Scripture. And, and I don't think this is a problematic for us to recognize that God is not evil. Yeah. But we have to admit when we come back to this doctrine, there is a tension. Then how does evil exist? Mm-hmm. If we believe all those things. I think most people listening, if not everybody listening, would say, yeah, we're totally with this. You, right. don't, you don't have to prove this. We get this. Yeah. But the question still stands. Then why is there evil? If if God is so powerful, all powerful, if he's, if he's all good and so forth, how does evil exist? Um, and this is a tension mm-hmm. that we have to we have to be comfortable with and even embrace to a degree, I would say. Yeah. Well, and, and I think... Embracing it is important because, and it's and it's an important way to, to phrase it, because if we just begrudgingly accept that these things mm-hmm. exist, not that not wholeheartedly say, okay, yes, I understand these evil is real, suffering is mm-hmm. real, pain is real, um, the bachelor is real. Um, <laughs> All of these things, they are, they are evidence of the fall in this world. Um, they are things that we do have to wrestle with, and, but they also are, are things that if, we are, if we're begrudgingly accepting of the fact that, that these things are problems, eventually what that does is um, it works away at our confidence in God, our hope in God. And not that uh, and we're not advocating a blind blind faith or or anything like that. We would certainly never suggest that someone just um sit and not question anything, yeah. not ask good questions, not wrestle, do any of this kind of stuff. They should always everybody should always be Dealing with real issues. Yeah. But we have to start with a foundation. Our foundation is God is good. God is all powerful. Evil does not exist from him. If those things are true, then we have to ask questions about, okay, so why are these things here? If If this exists, but he is not... Um, but he is not ultimately responsible for them. So um, a way to think about it is 
God is good, but he is not the author of evil. God is sovereign. He's in control of all things, but he permits evil for a reason. What are those reasons? Yeah, and I think this is, you just brought up another good question of why. You know, I'm kind of thinking how to this point. Yes. Um, and the how, again, it, it's, it's not an unimportant discussion. How did, how did evil come to be? Um, and, and this is where the tension of human responsibility and, and God's sovereignty meet. Mm-hmm. And we see it in other issues as well. Yes. Uh, you know, all throughout scripture, these two truths are taught and we have to embrace both. The, the, the danger I see so often is people who want to stand on one at the expense of the other. Yes. And neither can, can be minimized. Both have got to be held fully and joyfully. Yes. Uh, that God is completely in control. We have responsibility. We are responsible for our conduct. How those meet, I have no earthly clue. Right. But God knows. But God knows. It's it's not a it's not a head scratcher for him. It's a right. it's a head scratcher for us. This is, you know, as I've taught people teaching on this in the past, this is one where you pop your Advil as you think about it because it, it gives you a headache. Yeah. Um Advil is one of our new sponsors of the podcast. Buy Advil. <laughs> so we 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 have to, that's the tension. The tension is in general and then more yes. narrowly, okay, let's think about the origin of evil. Right. We know it was not originated in God. It was or, originated out, outside of God that he permitted. How that exactly work is a tension. Yeah. And then you just brought up the question of why. I think we can think about the how, and that's more theoretical, of course, but the why as we experience evil that's that's where we're starting to to make this a really important doctrine in our day-to-day living. Yeah. Not just getting out and, you know, being theological nerds together. This is where when we see that child with cancer and we say this is this this is not good. This is evil. Yeah. Why? And this is where we have to rest. God is good. God is all powerful. Mm-hmm. Evil is permitted for a reason we may never know that reason on this side of heaven. Right. But we have to stand on that. And, and so yeah. r- what we're talking about here really are the concerns. We always talk about what, what cautions with, with the doctrines. Yeah. This, this is what we're, we, we kind of yeah, just absolutely. ran into it. Absolutely. And, and I mean, even when we get to the why, it, there, is a, there, is a, there is really a what that's buried in that. Um, or the why is kind of buried in the what because yeah. we don't just know that God is good, that God is all-powerful, that evil does not – um, that evil does not originate from him. Um, we also know that Jesus suffered more than anyone yes. else in the world. He suffered for us. God, God, the Son, entered into the world to experience suffering at an unbelievable magnitude. Yeah, the greatest suffering, the greatest evil. Right. And, and because of that, he um, he suffered for us, and when he returns, he's putting an end to evil exactly. forever. Exactly. And, and I think the, the other, as we think about it, so the, the concern is, the caution is that we have to embrace this tension. Uh-huh. Uh, we have to be clear in what we stand on and, and allow the questions to linger. Yep. Uh, but to continue to try to process them, of course, while we hold fast to what you just articulated, the hope that we have. Yeah. That Christ has won the victory already, and that 
that win will come to completion, if you will, when he returns. Yeah. But the other thing is, I think we need to be careful about not minimizing the pain and suffering people endure because of yes. evil. This is where we can really easily become theologians and we miss the heart. Yes. That we we can talk theology with somebody when they don't need a theological explanation. They need us to weep with them. Mm-hmm. As they're experiencing evil, the first thing they need, there may be a time for that theology to come to bear, of course. Sure. But let's not run past that time where the Bible calls us to weep with those who weep and mourn yeah. with those who mourn. Mm-hmm. And there are times where we just we just need, unlike Job's friends, well, they did it initially for a brief period of time, but, <laughs> but we just need to sit there and, and just cry together yeah, and say, yeah, this is hard. Yeah. And this is wrong. And this is wrong. And sit in that before we turn to the theological explanation of our best understanding of this. Right. And just to reiterate that point, really, sometimes the most hurtful thing we can do for someone who is experiencing suffering, who has experienced a, a great evil. Think about think about the, um, you know the man the man or woman who has um, had their spouse commit adultery. Mm. That's an that's a great evil. Yeah. Um, think about the the child who has been abused in some way. Yeah. That is a horrendous evil. You think about yes. You think about um, things like abortion and racism and. Mm. Everything else that under the sun, these are all true and real evils in the world that people experience and people experience the consequences of. And yes, we should all, yeah, first of all, we always want to bring the comfort of the gospel. Mm-hmm. We always want to know, we always want people to know that God loves them. God, ha- God has given their son, his son for them. And that they they have peace with God through him, um, by faith in him. Um, But sometimes the best thing for us to do is to just hold off on trying to answer their why questions and just say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Those are powerful words. Yeah. Yeah, there's a time and a place. And I think, you know— Learning and having the wisdom to maneuver those times uh, of of when is it the right time yeah. to address some of those things, and um, I think in general, as you're saying, you know, the starting point is just to be with them, yeah, and just to sit in it. So let's let's wrap up with yeah. um, a, a couple of differences that this doctrine should make. We we've alluded to a few out. I'll lead off with one that seems counterintuitive from what we've been talking about. We, we've mentioned several times there's this tension and, and a lack of understanding and uh, questions will linger. Well, it, and I'm gonna, this one's from my own experience. Yeah. This doctrine has actually deepened my faith in God. It has mm-hmm. deepened my trust in him. And again, it sounds counterintuitive. How can not knowing something deepen my trust? Well, because of that very nature, it reminds me that I'm human. My yeah. brain is limited. Uh, my, my knowledge is so finite. God is infinite. This, this, when I remember, this is not a head scratcher for God. When I remember right. that he, this is not a mystery, that what we consider unsolvable mysteries, God is like, no, that's a piece of cake. There's yeah. no problem in it at all. That deepens my trust in him. That's the God I serve. I serve a God who doesn't even bat an eye 
at something yeah. this complex. Right. And, you know, on that point, I, I think that this also shows actually God's love for us, that he doesn't actually put an explanation in, in yeah. Scripture. So something that we talk about at my house with, with our kids is um, when we're talking about a big issue, um, sometimes we'll, we'll just say, like, they'll ask us a question and we'll say, actually, this is something that's too big for you. Mm-hmm. This is, it's, it's, it's too much. For you to un- for you to really understand, to really grasp and comprehend, and there's a degree to which, and we don't do that because we want to shield our kids from no. information or hide things from them. We do it because we don't want to harm them, and so I think that there's a degree to which um, that the reason that God does not put in the answers to some of the questions that we have is His way of loving lovingly saying, "Hey, this is too big for you." But this is what. But this is what's true. This is what you need to know, and this is what you yep. need to stand on, and um, and and so I I find a lot of comfort in that. Um, in this in this doctrine, though, I also find a lot of I find a lot of confidence and hope because ultimately I know that evil will end mm. because God is defe- has defeated evil in Christ's death and resurrection and he and God will ultimately wipe it out forever in the new creation and these are things that we need to look forward to and long for he's told us how this story ends and that doesn't make it easier while we're waiting for it while we're in the moment watching it play out but it helps us to not fall yeah yeah, it's that we have to live with an eye on what we're experiencing today and an eye of what will be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to remember those first couple of, of big ideas we talked about, God is good and he's all powerful, just reminds us that anything in this world that is not good mm-hmm. is not going to be around when Jesus returns. Yeah. Uh, he He's going to put an end to anything that is not good, including evil itself. And so he is victorious. Um Again, we, we may not understand why we are permitted to go through it today, but we know it will end and we know that we will live in eternity devoid of all evil. Well, I hope that this has been helpful to some degree to our listeners. I, I've enjoyed talking through this with you, and um, I hope this this creates some good conversations as well in, in Bible study groups or families or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, but as always, we want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.